welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. This podcast is companion to my first one, which is A Course in Miracles for Regular People, where we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. In this podcast, we read and discuss the daily workbook lessons that go with the course. I love these lessons and what they do for me and I love to discuss them with others who are on their journey to atonement. There's several ways that you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I'm on Facebook at A Course in Miracles for Regular People. My email is ACIMDWLFRP. That's A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. ACIMDWLFRP at gmail.com or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave a voice message and while you're there if you'd like you can make a donation to support this podcast and I'd really appreciate that now let's get started with today's lesson good morning today is lesson 184 the name of God is my inheritance. The name of God is my inheritance. You live by symbols. You have made up names for everything you see. Each one becomes a separate entity, identified by its own name. Chair, door, tree, hand. By this, you carve it out of unity. It's no longer one with the universe. By this, you designate its special attributes and set it off from other things by emphasizing the space surrounding it. By defining its borders and edges, the space between where one thing stops and another thing starts. This space you lay between all things to which you give a different name. All happenings in terms of place and time, all bodies which are greeted by a name. The space you see as setting off all things from one another is the means by which the world's perception is achieved. You see something where nothing is, and see as well nothing where there is unity. A space between all things, and between all things and you. Thus do you think that you have given life in separation. By this split, You think you are established as a unity which functions with an independent will. What are these names by which the world becomes a series of discrete events, of things ununified, of bodies kept apart and holding bits of mind as separate awareness? You gave these names to them, establishing perception as you wished to have perception be. The nameless things were given names, and thus reality was given them as well. For what is named is given meaning, and will then be seen as meaningful, a cause of true effect, with consequence inherent in itself. Lesson 2 says that we have given everything we see the meaning that it has for us. If we don't assign meaning to what we're looking at, 
then it has no meaning for us. Continuing. This is the way reality is made by partial vision. And partial vision doesn't see everything, obviously. So therefore, we perceive that things are separate. And that's what we believe. Continuing. Purposefully set against the given truth. Its enemy is wholeness. Wholeness or oneness is actively opposed by the partial vision that created space between things and beings. It, partial vision, conceives of little things and looks upon them. And lack, and lack of space and sense of unity or vision that seems differently, that sees differently, becomes the threat which it, partial vision, must overcome, conflict with, and deny. Yet, does this other partial vision still remain a natural direction for the mind to channel its perception? It is hard to teach the mind a thousand alien names and thousands more. Yet you believe that this is what learning means, teaching our minds about all the little separate things that we've given names to. So we believe that that's what learning means, that it's one essential goal by which communication is achieved and concepts can be meaningfully shared. So we learn about all the separate things that we perceive. We learn all the names for them. Then we learn all the words that we can so that we can communicate with each other about these separate things. Continuing. This is the sum of the inheritance that the world bestows. All of that, learning words, learning things, learning ideas and communicating about them. That is the sum of the inheritance that the world bestows. And everyone who learns to think that it is so accepts the signs and symbols that, as, that assert that the world is real. It is for this, the reality of the separate, separate pieces that make up our world. It is for this that they those who learn to think that things are separate, it is for this that they stand. They, the learned, have no doubt that what is named is there. It can be seen as anticipated. What denies that it is true is but illusion, for it is the ultimate reality. So to the learned, to those of us, you know, we learn what everything is and what we think it's for. Um, to the learned, anything that denies that the separated reality that we see is real, that is illusion. Because we, the learned, for us, this is the ultimate reality. Continuing, to question it is madness. To accept its presence is the proof of sanity. Such is the teaching of the world. It is a phase of learning that everyone who comes into the world must go through. But the sooner he perceives on what it, on what it rests, 
it being this perception of separateness. The sooner we perceive on what it rests, how questionable are its premises, and how doubtful its results, the sooner we question that, the sooner we question its effects. So once we recognize that the idea of separateness rests on questionable premises and has doubtful results, we will begin to question what we see and experience. Continuing, learning that stops with what the world would teach stops short of meaning. Lesson 25 says, I do not know what anything is for. So in its proper place, worldly learning serves but as a starting point from which another kind of learning can begin. Now I believe that somewhere in the course is a statement that I think relates to Lesson 25 and it says, the question becomes, what is it for? And if any of you know where that is, you can, I would appreciate it if you would reach out to me and let me know where it is, because I'm sure I read it, but I couldn't find it again. So continuing. So learning that stops with what the world could teach stops short of meaning. In its proper place, that worldly learning serves as a starting point from which another kind of learning can begin. A new perception can be gained, and all the arbitrary names that the world bestows can be withdrawn as they are raised to doubt. Think not that you made the world. Illusions, yes. We have made illusions. We have not made the world. But what is true in earth and heaven is beyond your naming. When you call upon a brother, it is to his body that you make appeal. His true identity is hidden from you by what you believe he really is. And his body makes response to what you call him, for his mind consents to take the name that you give him as his own. And thus is his unity twice denied, for you perceive him as separate from you, and he accepts this separate name as his. It would indeed be strange if you were asked to go beyond all symbols of the world, forgetting them forever, yet at the same time you would be asked to take a teaching function. You have need to use these symbols of the world for a while yet, but be you not deceived by them as well. In other words, don't get caught up in their seeming reality and forget that they really don't mean anything. Continuing, they do not stand for anything at all, and in your practicing, it is this thought that will release you from them. They become but means by which you can communicate in ways that the world can understand, but which you recognize is not the unity where true communication can be found. So, and that's, that's the meaning of the Christ. When when we gain realization, but we still stay living in this world, it's like the Holy Spirit 
when the Holy Spirit is teaching us, the Holy Spirit sees our illusions and understands that we believe those illusions. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit knows that the illusions are not real. So that's what we do when we realize that the physical reality is not the real reality. Then we still have to use words and symbols and ideas that people understand. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to communicate with them at all. Continuing. Thus, what you need are intervals each day in which the learning of the world becomes a transitory phase. It's like a prison house from which you go out into the sunlight and forget the darkness. Here, you understand the Word, capital W, the name, capital N, which God has given you. The one identity, capital I, which all things share the one acknowledgement of what is true, and then step back into darkness, not because you think it's real, but only to proclaim its unreality in terms which still have meaning in the world that darkness rules. Use all the little names and symbols which delineate the world of darkness, yet accept them not, as your reality. The Holy Spirit uses all of them, but he does not forget that creation has one name, one meaning, and a single source which unifies all things within itself. Use all the names that the world bestows on them, but only for convenience. Do not forget that they share the name of God along with you. God has no name, and yet his name becomes the final lesson that all things are one, and that this lesson, and at this lesson, does all learning end. Now I think that this is referring back to knowing not needing any action. When we know God, There's no reason for a name. It's only the intimate communion of knowing and being known. So continuing. All names are unified. All space is filled with truth's reflection. Every gap is closed and separation healed. The name of God is the inheritance that he gave to those who chose the teaching of the world to take the place of heaven. In our practicing, our purpose is to let our minds accept what God has given as the answer to the pitiful inheritance that you made as fitting tribute to the son he loves. No one can fail who seeks the meaning of the name of God. Experience must come to supplement the word. As Abraham says, words don't teach, life experience teaches. But first, you must accept the name for all reality and realize that the many names that you gave its aspects have distorted what you see 
So the idea that we see separated, the idea that we see everything separated into individual segments and named them is what caused us to see a distorted vision of reality. But those items and their names have not interfered with truth at all. One name we bring into our practicing. One name we use to unify our sight. And though we use a different name for each awareness of an aspect of God's Son or the individual person we perceive, we understand that they have but one name, which He, God, has given them. It is the name that we use in practicing, and through its use, all foolish separations disappear, which kept us blind. And we are given strength to see beyond them. Now our sight is blessed with blessings that we can give as we receive. The name of God is my inheritance. Father, our name is yours. In it, we are united with all living things and you who are their one creator. What we made and call by many different names is but a shadow we have tried to cast across your own reality. And we are glad and thankful that we were wrong. All our mistakes we give to you, that we may be absolved from all the effects that our errors seem to have. And we accept the truth that you give in place of every one of our errors. Your name is our salvation and our escape from what we made. Your name unites us in the oneness which is our inheritance and peace. Amen. Brothers and sisters, today I wish you a day of unity and oneness and peace, which is our inheritance. Many blessings. Namaste. Thank you.